Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have Andy Stenzler here with us, the co-founder of Rumble. Thanks so much for coming on, Andy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so we recently got connected through one of our mutual friends, Wilton. Um, And I mean, first off, I am not only a fan of what you created at Rumble, but I've been multiple times and I absolutely love the experience in which you've created from a, from a workout perspective, from a culture perspective, but to just jump into it, I'd love for you to give the audience some insight if they don't know already what Rumble is and when it got started. Well, what Rumble is, is a group fitness boxing concept um, where you spend half your time on these really cool teardrop shaped aqua bags, water filled aqua bags and spend half your time on strength and conditioning with bench and with weights. And, and it started in 2017. I'll already give you the punchline. It's just been sold, right? It's just been sold now in, uh, in 2021. So it was a, a four-year um, uh, wow. run. But what was super exciting about, about fitness was group fitness is just, was just going like this, of course, till COVID, like uh, I said it back for a minute. But just going like this, that people wanted that community. They wanted that experience of working out together. We, we were workout guys. I'd started a whole bunch of businesses. I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, uh, um, I wasn't a trainer. So I have a co-founder, Noah Neiman, who's an amazing trainer. He was the number one trainer at Barry's Bootcamp, also a boxer. And he co-founded it with me, as did Eugene Rem, who was the nightclub king of New York. And then, uh, uh, opened the catch restaurant chain and Anthony DeMarco who uh, ran the East coast on Google. So we had a lot of good guys that got off the ground, but the whole idea is we wanted to get in the group fitness industry and we wanted to do something different. How were we going to get into this amazing industry, but not just be another spin place or another boot camp or another Pilates place. And I saw a commercial and that commercial was Giselle. Tom Brady's wife was on the commercial and she was boxing and a light bulb went off in my head and I said, wow, she's making boxing pretty approachable. It's not, uh, it's not like a boiler room. Uh, what everybody thinks of what buy everybody thinks of Sylvester Stallone, who actually is a rumble yeah. investor, right? He's a rumble investor, but, 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 but everybody thinks it's like the down and dirty. And here was Giselle making it approachable and group fitness is, like 90% women, Rumble's actually 70% women because we're boxing, so we get 30% guys. But so you had to do well with women. And here she was on this commercial, and I was like, that's it. We're going to do boxing, and we're going to do it unlike anyone had done before. So that, that was the beginning. 
of what we, the idea. So then I got together with the partners that I discussed first. It was like the right group of people that could bring what we like to call the sauce. Yeah. Bring the sauce to the table, which meant the right people getting involved, the right influencers, the right celebrities. And we got very lucky at Rumble. We had Justin Bieber as an investor, Rihanna and um, um, Jason Derulo and just, just an amazing group of people, including Sly, that helped us get this off the ground. But really what made it was customers just loved it. They loved hitting the bag and they loved doing it in this environment that we created. And they loved that we simplified it. And the way we simplified it was we have these amazing projections above the bags and it tells you, okay, the trainer will be like, give me a jab cross one, two, we call that. And right up there above the bags, you'll see this jab cross one, two, so that you can follow along. And we did the same thing with the weights. And so we tried to reinvent every piece of it. Eugene owned all those nightclubs. So we reinvented music. We used the top DJs in the world to help us figure out how that music would would hit and when it dropped so the trainer could say on three, two, one, all of these things that all fit together. And that became the magic of Rumble. I love that. And, and again, like I said at the beginning, that experience that you just laid out is not only incredible, but it's a different type of energy that I've never experienced anything close to it when it comes to group workouts or anything um, that's, again, working out in a group setting. But I, I wasn't aware. So you guys recently had an acquisition. Is that right? Yeah, so we were we sold the the brand Rumble to Exponential, which is the largest group fitness company in the world. They've got eight other brands. We're the ninth brand. They've already sold hundreds of Rumble locations since we've got it. So there's going to be these Rumbles all over the world. So I feel really good about that. Like it's it's nice to have an impact on society, and now to be able through Exponential to have this impact across the globe at a, such a faster rate than we could have ever done on our own. So that's, that's really exciting. So we're still here. Um, I'm in Rumble's New York offices right now, but, but helping out. But at the end of the day, they're able to bring Rumble to the world very, very fast. And so there's nothing that you can be prouder about than you're going to be impacting these people across the world. And then hopefully, Casey, people all over will have that same feeling that you have. Like, this is amazing because if you could make working out fun, so many more people would do it so much more often. And we were really focused on, hey, this has to be so, 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 so fun so that people will stick with it. And I think we were able to accomplish that. Absolutely. So Andy, before Rumble, like, how did your entrepreneurial journey begin and how did it end up leading to Rumble? Well, I went to Michigan where my daughter is now a freshman. So it's pretty exciting. I, I was an engineer at the University of Michigan and, and I worked actually for an air conditioning company when I first got out of school, it's called York International. And the reason I worked there was I wanted to go back to New York City. And they, had, they were like the only engineering company that had, a, that had a office in New York City. So I was gonna sell like this, not window units. I was selling like the stuff for the big buildings like that might've bought you know, a million, $2 million worth of air conditioning from me. But so what was really good about that company, York, is they paid for business school at night. And I went to NYU at night and got my MBA. And we had our first idea during business school that we were going to reinvent the coffee industry. And this was like Starbucks was just becoming, <laughs> just becoming a, they were just becoming a thing. And, um, we had an idea that we were going to take Starbucks or coffee by day, and we were going to combine it. We were young guys, right? 
24, 25 years old, we were going to combine it with alcohol. And so it was going to be coffee by day and coffee cocktails at night. And we literally, in the very first location, we hid the liquor behind this big, huge mural. And then at night, we would open it up and we would sell things like a mocha kiss, which was Kahlua, Grand Marnier, Irish cream, espresso, steamed milk, whipped cream, chocolate syrup. And that was the beginning. That was how I started entrepreneurship. I raised $400,000 from 40 people. So like 10 grand each. My friends were like, I'm going to give you 10 grand on my credit card. And you better make something of it. And so, and so that was the beginning. And, and, and I caught the entrepreneurial bug. Literally, I only had one job where I worked for someone else. And that was at the air conditioning company. And so that was the beginning. The beginning was a company called Zando, X and O, Hugs and Kisses, Coffee and Bar. That company went on to acquire a company called Cozy, which was these really cool sandwiches. And it became this sandwich company. And um, uh, that was like my first big entrepreneurial venture. I love that. Um, speaking on like entrepreneurial ventures, the beginning of a venture, I'd love to dive into the early days of Rumble just because I'm currently going through the process where I just closed my seed round and you know that was my first time raising capital, learned a lot through that process. But what were some of the early days of Rumble, the celebrity endorsements, the investors that you guys brought to the table? Uh, I'd love for you to just give some insight, not, on, not only on just raising capital, but strategic capital from the people that can actually move the needle. Sure, and you're going to have to show me your fund deal because, or your your deal, because uh, I'm starting a fund with Wilton Spade, who I know you know, and MJ Bass um, and Rachel Glass, the founder of Gloss Lab, which we'll talk about too. Um, what a fund! We have a hundred million dollar fund that we're using to invest in in guys who can create brands and 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 entrepreneurs just like we were. So we'll come back to that, and we'll come back to Gloss Lab. But the early day of of we we it wasn't our first time at the rodeo, right? For any of us, so. Zando, the coffee and bar, that was my first time at the rodeo. So you get to, you learn from the school of hard knocks. And most of the reason I'm able to do well now is all of those mistakes that I made on the way up. I just, I just live to tell about them and I'm, I'm able to avoid some of those mistakes now as well as some of the things that maybe we did right. But so by the time I got to Rumble, we were seasoned entrepreneurs and we said, hmm, you know, wouldn't this be great if we were able to to put the right combination of guys together to start a fitness company. So myself and Anthony DeMarco, who I'd worked before, I mean, he's ran the East Coast for Google. He was a marketing guy and it was technology and it was, it was, it was 2017 and things were really starting to happen. And then there was Eugene Rem, the, the, the nightclub restaurant guy, and then Noah Neiman, the fitness guy. So first we had to get those players together. Once we had those players together, we had a track record at this time. So we just... We just needed, I think, $2 million that we could have funded ourselves, but we wanted the right investors to be in it from the start. And because we had done well and knew a lot of people, some of those investors were celebrities, like Sylvester Stallone was one of the first investors in Rumble. But so if I think back to 2017, the punchline is we opened the place on right a block from where I'm sitting now on 23rd between 5th and 6th. And if you had put in your business plan what that place ends up doing, they would have crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. The place goes on to do $7 million in revenues, makes it the number one group fitness place in the world of anybody's kind. And that happens in its first year. It really became a phenomenon and it became a phenomenon from the right branding the right marketing, the right PR, my wife firm, London Misher, 
PR does all of my PR. So I married my publicist. So another story. But so it was the right to hit the ground running. It was all of these things. But I like to tell a story. And my story is in 2017, Instagram marketing was just getting going. Yeah. And I had two millennial partners, Eugene and Noah. And I was like, look, I think we're going to build this thing on the back of Instagram. And they were like, what are you, crazy? Everybody hates those ads. Nobody wants those ads, right? Like they, they want to kill themselves when they get an ad. And right about January 2017, when Rumble opens, it flips. Millennials start realizing that maybe those ads are tailored to me because I might be interested in them. And they start <laughs> clicking on them. And I think that'll be a Harvard case study. And I'm telling you, it was January 2017. So we go into the industry and it becomes what's called a, a blue ocean, which is, it's just a wide open. Nobody else is advertising. And here's Rumble all over your Instagram. So it wasn't just with paid ads. Once the paid ads got out there, the customers took over and everybody was posting. So we had organic and we had paid and it became a phenomenon. So it wasn't just if you lived around Chelsea, you went to Rumble. Like everyone in New York City was trying Rumble and the buzz was buzz was off the charts so much so that 11 months later, 11 months later, we had opened our second location and Equinox came in to become our largest investor and they valued the company at $80 million. We'd been open for 11 months. Wow. And so that's the kind of stuff you can't like have in your business plan. <laughs> so you, you, you have to, it has to sort of happen. It has to wow. happen. And it really was a combination of, brand and always being brand focused, which is something we use today. And we've talked about Gloss Lab, we'll talk about that. Always the brand being the North Star, making all the decisions for the brand, as opposed to penny wise and pound foolish decisions or other decisions, but all of it's a luxury. We were able to capitalize the business. So we were able to make the right decisions. Yep. And then, you know, once you're onto a phenomenon, then you got to pour the gasoline on it. And that's what we did. That's incredible. So, so you guys had one location, then Equinox came on, and then we had opened the second location in August of that year. Wow. That Equinox is came in through. We had two locations. Equinox came on because they owned SoulCycle. Yep. And frankly, the last time anybody had seen anything like this was 12 years ago when SoulCycle had started. Now 14 or whatever, 15. But 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 so they had seen it and they had gotten into SoulCycle when SoulCycle had eight locations. So they figured, hmm, yeah. maybe we should get in when this one's got two locations. And yeah. I think it's shown they were right. Um, Rumble had legs and we started opening across the country. That's awesome. What is uh, Gloss Labs? I know you've been bringing it up a couple of times. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to learn more about this. This is the, your new venture, is that correct? Well, yes. Well, I'm, I'm your guy now for boxing classes or for manicures. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. All, all these entrepreneurial ventures have somewhat some of the same principles that we're able to do. So maybe, the, maybe uh, Rumble had um, Justin Bieber and Gloss Lab has the chain smokers as investors, right? And, and it's even got people like Mark Sanchez, the former Jets quarterback, or Amari Stardemeyer, or the famous Nick. It's like, it goes on and on with the great people that are involved in that. But what is it? There was a founder and her name's Rachel Glass and she had an idea. She was a germaphobe. My joke is actually now everybody's a germaphobe. Before, before COVID, Rachel was a germaphobe. So what does that mean in nail salons? It means no water because water is a breeding ground for bacteria. So there's no big bowl of water for your pedicure when you walk in. There's a different method that we use, a triple clean method, doesn't involve water. So she had this idea, hygiene focused. The second thing she had was 
people get their nails done a lot. Why shouldn't it be a membership model? So half of our business is unlimited manicures and pedicures, $135 a month subscription model. People wow. love subscription models. That's incredible. The, the third thing I'll credit my, my wife, my publicist for was when I first told her I was looking at this business to partner with Rachel, she said, Andy, I love it because no one knows the name of the manicure place they go to. They go to this place on the corner or that place. And she said, I go to the least disgusting one. So she goes, your choice is either the least disgusting one or the four seasons. There was no brand in between. And the founders of Dry Bar, which is this blow dry place that had done phenomenally, were investors in Rumble. So I had watched, I had watched what Dry Bar did. And this looked very, very similar on the nail side of the business. And then the fourth thing was if you could do all of that stuff, you could have a great CPG product business, a direct-to-consumer product business where you can do hand creams, foot creams, anything related to hands and feet. So we partnered with Rachel, uh, MJ Wilton and I, and Rachel Glass, and we went out and we raised $10 million uh, from people that I'll call bring the sauce, celebrities, influencers, financial people, captains of industry, titans, uh, Goldman Sachs people, individuals, things like that. And um, Live Nation is an investor in, in Gloss Lab. So we put all of that together and here we go. We're, we've, we've got 20 leases signed across New York, Washington, D.C., and Maryland, Florida, and soon to be Dallas and Houston. And Gloss Lab's about to be a very, very fun thing. And so, so I love it because it's so different than boxing. Yeah. What's, what's not different is it's building a brand. And what does it take to build a brand? I don't care whether it's a tech brand or, or, or a four-wall brand, or in this case, a, a DTC and four-wall brand. How you architect that so that you can amplify the brand and, and grow and execute it, surround the team with the right construction people, the right finance people, the right legal people, all of these things that we've sort of built over time, we've now snapped them on the gloss lab and and it's, it's really, it couldn't be more fun. So the same, the same, um, my joke is the same models that we're calling, I've made for the free classes of Rumble, they're calling for the free manicures. So that's when you know, when the models are calling you and you're not calling the models, you know that uh, uh, you're doing something right. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, congratulations on that. That sounds like you guys are up to something very cool. And, and even like when you say that, I, I relate, like my girlfriend, right? We go get her nails done. I, I'm a huge fan of pedicures. And I don't know where we go. I, I don't know, how, you know, maybe we go once, maybe twice a month, but you guys are really carving out a whole new industry that as a consumer, need, I feel that like needs to be done. So congratulations on seeing. Well, it's, it's funny. It's funny you bring it up because um, uh, we had a TikTok video go viral already. It's got 2 million views. And, and the, the premise of the TikTok video is, uh, and you're, I know, you know, Ben Kaplan from Fuck Jerry, he's in the video and Will Spade, the former starting quarterback of Michigan. Well, he's in the video, but the whole premise is they're having a guy's night out. I, I've seen And then it. We, we, <laughs> right, we tell the, so they have this amazing guy's night out. We tell the story in the next video where one of the girlfriends is walking by and she catches them having the guy's night out and, and they're getting pedicures, right? That's what they're doing at the guy's night out. But it's a great video of these guys getting manicures and pedicures. And you know what makes something go viral on TikTok right now? I can't tell you, but I can tell you that one did. Yeah. And it was an idea of our, interns because who's gonna who's gonna come up with the right um and our young social media director uh danny um who's gonna come up with these ideas if it's not the young people and the interns it's not gonna be me 
And so we, we caught the viral wave on TikTok and it's just been a really, really fun ride. And uh, just to tie it into what you were talking about. And then dude was sign, you know, he, uh, he held up a sign uh, outside uh, that said, uh, uh, normalize manis and petties with the guys, right? So we got this little guy thing going on and PK Subban, the captain of the devils comes in all the time. So it's just been a, it's just been a fun thing. And like you say, why shouldn't you go with your girlfriend and get a manicure, pedicure? Yeah, I love that. Do you guys have a location in LA currently? Not yet. The first three locations are in New York and then a whole bunch are coming to, to New York city. Uh, then a whole bunch are coming to Miami beach and then a whole bunch are coming to Washington and then Texas. And then I'm sure that LA will probably be the next market after that. They, they always used to say, and, and COVID screwed with this a little bit, to build a national brand, you got to be popular on both coasts. So Rumble, of course, is in LA and Rumble's in New York. Well, Texas and Florida sort of, you know, took over during COVID, right? So, so we've modified that, that old adage, that old saying and said, well, be a national brand, you got to make it in Texas and Florida also, because that's where the world sort of went during COVID. And so, so um, hopefully LA will, will be coming as the market after this. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, I'd love to get into how you guys at Rumble pivoted during that time, right? Because I, I remember as a consumer, right, you guys were doing some outdoor classes and I can't imagine how you guys had to move on your feet very quickly to, to adapt to the market. But like, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you dealt with throughout that phase where people couldn't do indoor workouts and you really had to take a step back and rethink your entire, entire model? Right. I mean, no one in the world was prepared, right? <laughs> so you get anyone who says they were prepared for that pivot, no one was prepared. You really had to pivot. So we looked at it like, like any brand should. We needed to stay in contact with our customer. So what did that mean? Like, what could we launch right away? Well, IGTV, right? Just free. Just Everybody's going stir crazy in their house. Let's be an answer for them to getting their workouts done. I think we've had we I think we had 10 or 15 videos go over a million views wow. on 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 IGTV. And um that uh was a way to stay in contact with your customer. Then you had a little more time. So it's like, okay, let's modify Rumble. Although everybody loves the inside and the crazy feeling you get and not having to wear headsets like you do outside. We've got to come up. We've got to modify this, this concept for outside. Like we did in your neck of the woods in Santa Monica. And we had a bunch of outdoor locations. So you had to say, we have to bring the brand to where the people are. And so, so that's what we did. So we, we built a robust business that's now turned into rumble TV today. And uh, so that becomes a chunk of the business that, we expedited that grew much faster, just like Peloton sort of uh, their business plan got expedited, I'd say by five, 10 years because of COVID, we had to pivot and expedite our plan like that. So that's, we went and met the customer where they were. That's what I would say we did. I love that. And you guys did very well at that in terms of how I see it as a consumer. So congrats on that. If you were to love, people love the brand. And so we, we, you know, we, you can't trade that, that, that love of the brand. Like it's, 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 it gave us an opportunity, an opportunity to meet them there. Totally. When you think about building company culture and hiring, what are some of the best practices that you guys have taken at Rumble and now into your other ventures when it comes to building that culture in the office, but also in, in Rumble's case, in the room where you're actually working out? Well, I was lucky. 
that coffee company that I'm telling you about, which was Zando Coffee and Bar, that company had an opportunity to sell back in 1998 and sell to this guy named Howard Schultz. He happened to be the yep. founder of Starbucks. And so what Howard taught me was, is there a way to get everybody and make them an owner? Can you get them the same feeling to make them an owner? And Starbucks had this thing called Beanstalk and they were really the first in the world to, they were really the first in the world to, um, to give every employee, whether you were a barista, whether you were a senior executive stock in the company, because there used to be all these security laws where you couldn't even do that. Starbucks had to get a change. And, and, and I loved it. And really every company I've started or modified at, from that point forward, we use the same thing at Gloss Lab. And any portfolio company that go with our fund is called The Lab. It's encouraging them to create that culture, that culture of ownership. Why not have every single person, I don't care if they're uh, cleaning the floors or they're a senior executive, they should be part of that ownership team. So at Gloss Lab, it's the same thing. Every technician owns stock in the company. Every manager owns stock in the company. Then we try to create upward mobility. I've always lucky, been lucky to be involved in things that grew relatively fast. Create upward mobility, create a, a place where you feel, hey, if I put in my time here and I'm an owner, that I have a chance to advance myself and advance my career. At Gloss Lab, we automatically charge customers 20% of their services before they come in for the tip. So that our employees are frankly never going to get stiffed. They <laughs> always get 20%. So that's an employee first company, a company that's going to make sure their employees get tipped, make sure those tips get to the employees, make sure that they're stock owners is growing so that they have advancement. Those to me are the pillars of HR of creating those things, clear reward and recognition systems, clear feedback systems. That's those staples, no matter what business I start, invest in, am involved in, or what the fund will do, those are things we're looking for. It's that mentality of what it takes to win. And now, of course, here's the shift that nobody expected and every company's treating it differently. What's the work from home versus the work in the office situation going to be? Now, I love it. We're in, we're in Rumble's offices, Gloss Labs in here too. But, but, and we've got some live people back here and I love that energy. But do I think the world's ever going back to everybody works in their office? I'm one of the people who don't. I think that there'll be all sorts of employees, ones that want to commute, ones that don't want to commute, ones that want to commute half the time. And Zoom, which we're on now, has made that all possible that you really can be efficient outside the office. So, so I think the today's world, you have to adapt to all the different types of work experiences that you need to provide so that your company can be successful. Like we can't, there can't be a person that might be based in Louisiana that can really help um, Gloss Lab. That person now can work for Gloss Lab. Our, our um, Jessica, our head of store development here, she's based out of Tennessee. Yeah. And we Zoom all the time and it's efficient. And, uh, and that's where she wants to be based. So she's happy. And so that mental state, that mental capital that you, that you build is important too. So I don't think there's a playbook here. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a playbook for so much that's going on here. The playbook that the only playbook that's the same is try to make sure that you stay capital rich, right? And that's easier said than done. But if you can stay capital rich, it, that dry powder enables you to take advantage of, of um, uh, much more than, than you could if your back is to the wall. 
I love that. Business. You know, like like when I went to business school, they'd be like, never sign personally for anything. Well, the the, the people who taught that never started a business where like <laughs> your first business, you sign personally for everything or there's no business, right? So it's like, it's like, it's like silliness. But when I speak at Stern, I talk about, look, when I was young, I had nothing to lose. That's, I mean, take the chance. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have two kids. And, but each, so each year I want to take less and less risk, but when you're young, take all the risks. What's the worst thing that happens? You fail, you go back and get an amazing job because they love that you experience failure and you know what it's like to come back from it. That's the worst thing. So I, I, you have to gauge your where you are in life, like you, young, and what those opportunities are. And, and you take the appropriate risk at the t- appropriate time. A, those are like my, my two cents. I got my view of the world. You listen, some people should listen to my view. They should listen to this guy's view, that guy's view, and, and formulate their own ideas from whatever they, they might take away from it. Absolutely. When you talk about staying capital rich, uh, I, I know I briefly told you, but we, I recently closed my seat around and like the, the journey of raising capital has been, uh, as I said before, very uh, intriguing to learn about. And if you were to give yourself advice as someone that's just starting their first business, what would your advice be to a young entrepreneur that's going to raise capital for the first time or to really just start their own business overall? Well, I think you have to be like that first time. I mean, how many people did I ask for $10,000 each 500 and maybe, maybe 40, maybe 40, you know, gave it to me. So you have to be relentless on your pursuit and you can't be shy. But, but what I, what I would say is finding the right partners is so important and um, making sure that you find the right money if you can, uh, because like, for instance, if you and I had met first and I was advising you on your raise, like, I like to do deals where the founder CEO stays in control. So like the lab, when we're doing our deals and looking at our deals, it's uh, like we want the founder in control. That's who we're betting on. We want to be able to move fast. We want the founder in control. So we set up the deals where the founder owns the voting stock and the investors own non-voting stock. It might be preferred, but it's non-voting stock. And maybe that's harder to raise. But with us and and the team I have now, it's a strategy. And our strategy is we're backing individuals. Like I'm backing Casey. That's who I want to back. I don't want to back the venture capital company that can throw Casey out tomorrow if they don't like him after two months because they've got so many covenants built in the deal. This is all utopia, but it's not impossible. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, he has the control of the company, the voting stock, the Google guys, Sergey, they controlled the company from, from day one. And yeah. they were able to raise the funds where they were able to maintain control. And I, I would argue that if Mark didn't have control or, or, or Larry and Sergey didn't have control, that those companies wouldn't be where they were. And, and that's maybe a great example, Steve Jobs, right? They fired him, gone for five years. They had to bring him back. Like, I mean, think of it, none of that stuff had happened yeah. because he actually, he didn't set it up that way where he didn't have control. Now he still pulled it off. It's the number one company in the world, but wow. For five years, Apple's tooling around because they weren't betting on the right guy because some venture capitalists threw them out. You know, like it's like, so we like to bet on the on the people. We like to set up the, the deals on that. And we're willing to take that risk for speed of decision making and mental uh, capital where the founder feels like they can make the decisions and they're, they're not getting second guess it. But we also love the people we back are ones who listen. We need listeners because- when we do deals, we don't typically have the rights to do anything. 
We just need people who listen, who want to listen because they think it's the right thing for their, their company. Absolutely. Well, Andy, last question before we wrap up here, and that is just if you were to go back in time and give yourself personal advice up until this point, what would it be and why? I mean, there is so many mistakes that I've made over these businesses, like you know, 20 plus years that I've been doing them. I don't know that I can point to one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus back to the, the uh-huh. core things that are important to me, the right people that you want to work with because life's too short. So finding that right chemistry, there's so many stories about these partners can get along or they were best friends or whatever, finding the right, and it's hard to do, the right chemistry is as important as anything. And then finding the right way to, to capitalize the company, it always comes back to that in the beginning. It always comes back so that you have the flexibility to win. And so many fail that are great ideas because they didn't have the ability to capitalize. So if you can't capitalize it, find someone and give them some equity who can. Like I, I share the pie, yep. share the pot. I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for that. I've always had partners in all my businesses and, and I love it because that's just, I love, that's the energy that I love. I love that feeding off each other, like with MJ Bass here and Wilton here and Rachel at the lab and Ashley Camerini, who's my right-hand woman at Rumble, who's now the CEO of Rumble and um, like feeding off each other. So, so I'd say, try to make those right decisions, try to stay capitalized. Many, it gives you the opportunity to fail if you have those two things and you're going to fail. So you got to be around, you got to be around to talk about it. You didn't go, you failed, but you didn't go bankrupt. You <laughs> failed and you pivoted. You failed and you pivoted. If you can stay alive, you got a chance to win. Absolutely. Well, Andy, before we wrap up, where's the best place for everyone listening to follow you, to stay in touch with your journey and, and everything that you're building? Instagram. You can find me. I'm Stens18. <laughs> it's my lucky number. I'm on Instagram. Feel free to DM me. If you've got a great idea that you feel needs capital uh, at any stage and you feel that your company can be a brand because that's what we're trying to do with the lab, use our formula that I described today to create a brand. Feel free to DM me the idea. We're looking at all sorts of companies. And, and, um, and look, I, I, a lot of people helped me on the way up. I try to get back to, I try to get back to everybody I can because so many people helped me and, and I wouldn't be sitting here today if they didn't. Absolutely. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll make sure to link everything down below and I look forward to seeing you soon when I'm in New York. All right. Perfect. We'll do a rumble together. <laughs>